Ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world, Alexander here, me, myself, and I, Vivinector Podcast, episode 270. We're at 270 right now, 30 away from 300. Nothing special for that number, but the fact we're about to be 300 episodes deep, most likely before the year ends, does feel pretty nice. Now, before I get started on today's episode, I just want to announce as far as scheduling, instead of episodes just dropping out of the blue, because at this moment, I believe I'm going to be dropping four episodes at once because I've, I've been lazy. I've been lazy for whatever reason on just uploading the episode, setting the description. But on the bright side, for anybody that is going to be listening to all four episodes and getting to this point, it's a, it's a lot of content, right? All in one day. Now, for some of you, it might be too much for one day. But y'all eating for a good bit. There was a bit of a drought. And now you guys are going to be eating. But Mondays and Thursdays, those are going to be the two official days I'm going to be releasing podcast episodes at nine o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I believe that's a good time in the morning to where, you know, you sort of if you wake up earlier than that, you get to do your thing, go to work, whatever it is, warm up. And whether you're on break or later on the day. All right. We got an episode out. And of course, going from as we continue to go on through the U.S., everybody else is waking up episode already out. Same thing's going to be done for Thursday, Monday and Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, an episode of the Vivinector podcast. It's official. It's official. Now, now, now it's just a matter of me fulfilling it, me following through with the exact dates, because y'all know for the most part, there's going to be, it's going to be content. There's going to be content being fed, but I got, I owe you guys that official, that official notice, that official consistency. Man, it's just overall, I don't know, overall, it's just great for everybody. That's how I feel. It's just great for everybody. With that, music has been sensational. Last night, we have Don Tolliver, Lovesick, Yeet's Afterlife, Glaucoma 2 by Key Glock, and Logic, I believe, also dropped an album. And I'm actually pretty excited for this because I just started listening to Vinyl Days about two to three weeks ago after I promised myself I wasn't going to listen to another Logic album. I did not want to listen to another Logic album. I felt he had a graceful exit with the album that I believe was going to be his last album. The album that I thought it was just like, okay, this is the last one right now. I'm having a bit of a brain fart when it comes to the name. I'll search it up here that way. I don't know. Some of you guys, if you're familiar, you're like, yo, yeah, this is something like right now. Like I said, we're going to be freestyling a little bit, but no pressure. Love, no pressure. When it released, I'm like, this will be a graceful exit. Ever since then, I've just been like, eh. Do I want to get into Vinyl Days and get disappointed? But honestly, Vinyl Days, after spending a couple weeks with it, we got to talk about that being top five in Logic's discography. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Vinyl Days is in the top five Logic discography, which is great. It isn't like Logic has, when it comes to his discography, yes, he has some low points, but his highs are incredibly high especially compared to other rappers. I will confidently say that. We're not going to let the Logic hate come over here and just sort of ooze everywhere. And we're going to pretend like Logic isn't nice on the mic. Vinyl Days, for it to be a top five Logic album by itself is an amazing album. My favorite feature on there, definitely Action Bronson as of this moment. I love how confident Logic sounds on here. And of course, in Logic fashion, we had a... (laughs) Let me tell you, let me tell you, one of the worst things that I was anticipating whenever I came in listening to Vinyl Days, I was just like, it's a bit of a running joke. It's a bit of a gag when it comes to Logic speaking about being biracial, so on and so forth. Like, you know, 
we laugh about it. There is truth to it. And Logic is able to speak about the dynamics behind it because it is a major component of his life, of him, his identity. But going into vinyl days, I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't. I just don't want to hear it. And we heard it. First track. <laughs> First track we heard it. I was just like, ooh, this does not this does not feel like a good look. But to my surprise, everything going going forward from there was a pleasant surprise. Delightful for my ears, delicious. But with that, we've also had the other three projects. I still haven't listened to Yeats Afterlife. Just got done listening to Love Sick twice last night. Twice. And my favorite song gotta be the one with Dirk and Gorillas. Glorilla. I said Gorillas. I was thinking of the other, the other group. Glorilla. I didn't expect Don Tolliver to give her a whole entire different beat, like the beat switch after Dirk's verse and an additional verse by Don Tolliver. And then we're going on to Glorilla. Pretty dope. Pretty dope if you ask me. But to get a bit more organized, I'm going to get deeper into Lovesick. Not so much Vinyl Days. I will drop a review on that. We've been doing good on the review so far. Y'all got to give me credit for that. But to speak on a little bit, a little bit on the, I guess you could say business, social media side of things, because I've been slacking a bit when it comes to streaming news platforms or social media stuff. But honestly, there hasn't been anything that's been appetizing to my eyes until most recently, Meta has decided to follow Twitter's footsteps in their verified creator. Checkmark? Checkmark, you could say? Yeah, I guess you could say checkmark. Yeah, so Meta testing their official paid verified subscription, which caused a bit of uproar within people that use Instagram to have the blue checkmark. I just want to say anybody that has the blue checkmark and sees it as a way to sort of boost their own ego, to feel special, to feel inclusive. Y'all stupid. Point blank. Stupid. Now, I don't got to sit here and go into the meaning behind the verification system, the blue check mark, what its real meaning is. Like for anybody, for any one of us to have a couple brain cells here, we can understand that it's used to help identify someone that that's really them. It isn't a bot. It isn't spam. It isn't other counts. So the bit of a backlash I've seen on the community as far as like it ruins the value of the blue check mark. They don't they don't get it to begin with. I don't know. They're going on an ego trip. As far as for me, how do I feel about it? I'm going to be breaking down a bit. So Meta's verification subscription service has a couple neat things that I'm honest. I honestly love aside from the verified badge, the blue check mark that's going to let everybody know who you are. I like the fact that this has to be authenticated with a government ID. I've seen some a uh, bit of backlash, more constructive criticism as far as like, well, it's meta. Do you trust them with your government ID? Do you trust them with your information? And, you know, they already have almost everything on your phone whenever you agree to the terms of service on Instagram or Facebook. So it isn't like sharing your government ID is going to be a deal breaker for them or for something that you've probably haven't been doing before. As far as security, you've already sharing anything that's on your phone. And if you have TikTok, Y'all, y'all already signed a deal with the devil. Y'all signed a deal with the devil. They got everything you take a picture of, you post, you create. So the fact that they're skeptical, people are skeptical over the government ID verification. I don't feel it's a strong argument. And honestly, it's one of those things. So it's just like, I like that extra step of security. I do. 
there's a lot of people that do business on Instagram. Some people can't fathom the fact that people run businesses through Instagram. And I've seen every now and then I'll see a horror story of somebody who loses their page, whether it's like a business page or, you know, they themselves are a solo entrepreneur. And that's a lot of bread. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of hard work that if you're not able to recover, gets taken away, connection, so on and so forth. Now, you could argue they should have established themselves elsewhere, but we all use social media for business. Not we all. A lot of people do. So hopefully with this government ID verification system, there is better stability, there is better support. And that is something that they do mention in here as well. Help when you need it. Exclusive support that you won't find without the subscription, with access to a real person for common account issues, which is tres bien beautiful. Ain't nothing more annoying than you having an issue and there's a bot or somebody that, well, honestly, we, we, we can't tell yet. I don't know what their quality of the support is going to be. It's going to be someone in a third world country. But if it's better than a bot, I guess that's already a slight improvement. And that's something that I would pay money for. I would pay money for. Uh, lots of other people would pay money for better support. And before I continue this on here, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, these social media websites, they're free. It's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird concept to think that this app that you've been using for the most part all your life, if you guys are active on social media, is free and they don't really owe you anything. So I've also seen some backlash over Meta now charging to get these kind of features, but the app's free. So I don't understand where, why people are angry. Y'all don't do anything. Not now, not y'all exclusively, but for the people that come on here and they feel entitled to the app, it's like, Yo, it's not that deep. You guys don't even pay for anything. The app's free. And you're the app's free and you're able to come into contact with millions of people worldwide. And y'all complaining? Y'all complaining? It'll make sense. It'll make sense. But verify badge for the government ID, more protection, better support. And of course, with the verification government ID, it, it, it helps sort of filter through any impersonation, spam accounts. It's not going to be the end of spam accounts. You're always going to have people who are going to try to pretend to be people and try to finesse their followers. But there comes a time and point where it's just like, all right, it's either you should know better if you do get scammed. You should know better at times, especially if there's a verified page of this person or, hey, shit happens. Now, this is the biggest, biggest takeaway from Meta's new verification subscription. One of the biggest features one of the best, most flavorful bonuses we get on here is increased visibility and reach. This is extremely smart meta. As much as you might hate it, again, it's a free app. So if you have issues with any of these updates on a free app that allows you to come into contact with anybody in the world, just do me a favor, do me a favor, sit in the corner and stop talking. So ever since Instagram redid their entire algorithm to go out of order and then they have their own system in place. Instagram algorithm hasn't been, hasn't been the best. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say a, that it's complete trash. I believe the algorithm works in a way that if you genuinely produce great content, it will be seen. And it's, it's a bit of an ego hit for some of us, but hey, maybe your content isn't as good and maybe that's why you're not getting views. That's why you're not getting clicks. That's why you're not getting likes. That's something I've had to overcome at times. Whenever the algorithm changed and everything, I'm like, damn. I, granted, listen, there, there, there is definitely, 
there's definitely a shift on how much I know I should be getting and the amount that I, I believe would be better to have. Uh, so to give you an example, let's say I have like a set amount I know I get every single time. And then all of a sudden it starts taking a dip. I right, Instagram, something's up, something's up. But for the most part, before I start going into these tangents, increased visibility and reach with the way Instagram's algorithm system is set up is a great bonus to have. Because not only are you paying for extra security and support, but to be able to get into some of that reach you already have in your following and visibility that could potentially lead to more growth. That sounds delicious for me. Now, they also have other features as well. Um, They do say that there's going to be extra stickers for Instagram stories, Facebook reels and stuff. And 100 free stars a month on Facebook so you can show your support for other creators. And, you know, little things like that. And as far as the prices, what are going to be the prices, prices, prices? Because, hey, some people, some people don't, don't really got 10, 15 a month to spend on this. They'd rather prioritize it somewhere else. Me, I could just use whatever I get from my reels and just feed it back into Instagram. But the prices for the US, this is going to be US based. It's going to be $11.99 on the web, $14.99 on the iOS and Android stores. Now, why the difference? If you guys don't know, iOS takes 30% of everything that gets sold through the app store. I'm not too familiar with how Android does it. But either way, they're doing $14.99 for both. So anybody that's interested in doing this, I recommend going on the web, doing the subscription on there. That way you could save about, what, three bucks a month? Not too bad. Save three bucks a month. Overall, if you're saving money, is a good time. And I'm loving this. I'm loving the meta verification subscriptions. And funny enough, I'm not even going to be able to qualify for it because this is first going to be for individual accounts for people, just people, humans. Wow. But for people like first name, last name as their profile account, this isn't for businesses yet. So this is going to be great for me to see how some of the criticisms, some of the you know, people that are testing this, what are their response? Is it going to be worth it? And then I'm going to be looking forward for the business aspect of it. That's because I was just like, hey, all of this sounds great to me. Now with that, push that to the side. AI, AI, AI. I want to say over, yeah, over the past year, maybe a couple months, I want to say six to eight months, there's been a a beautiful shift in a lot of the conversations we have today. Gone are the days of the metaverse, 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 NFTs, Living in an alternate reality, we're going big. We're going bigger than alternate realities in the metaverse. I'm making it sound bigger than it is. AI art, AI chat, AI everything. Over the past six to eight months, we've seen a giant boom when it comes to AI-related products, whether we're talking about AI illustrations, whether we're talking about AI audio editing. We've been seeing it with Adobe, the AI podcast, able to basically just revamp everything from noise background to EQ, just making your vocals sound better to even AI on text chat based content. Chat chat GPT, it's been big over the past two months. And over the course of these past six to eight months, there's been a lot of conversation about copyright, jobs, and being able to use this, the AIs to 
support your business, support your creativity, so on and so forth. So the direction I'm going to be heading this is we, we need to have a good copyright system set in place for AI. And I'm completely open to AI as well. This is going to be a major shift for us. Now, when it comes to AI illustration, I have yet to use an AI illustration program because I refuse to give up all my data to use an AI illustration. That would be real, which I'm pretty sure from what I've seen is great. The fact that you could type in anything and it'll make an art out of it is phenomenal. It's going to come in handy for the podcast or anything I have in the future. I see, I, I, I see all the benefits, but the things that are holding me back that are holding me back. It's a copyright system. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend to be this hero, this activist for artists worldwide. But I do not enjoy the fact that this these AI systems can steal, flat out steal. Fuck the inspiration talk. I'm not trying to hear this. Oh, you know, artists are inspired by other artists. AI is doing the same thing. No, they're stealing. These AI systems are stealing other artists style, damn near their own paintings, drawings, whatever the case is, for free. And on top of that, then they're stealing my data to give me a a pretty dope piece of art. Until we get solid copyright system, copyright laws in place for AI illustration products, I will not be using it. Until we get solid then this might be my own research, but I've yet to find an AI program for illustration that doesn't take my data. Now, I, I don't want to sit here and say I'm super big. I'm protecting like, listen, I got TikTok. I got Instagram. I got a couple apps that arguably they got everything, all my information. But if I could reduce the amount of apps that take my information without any pro bonus for me, the better. Like, I don't I don't really have an excessive need right now for AI illustration. Actually, I take that back. Because again, I see how it could benefit me. I could see it benefiting me for podcast cover episodes. I could see it benefiting me for YouTube thumbnails, but I don't have that itch for it at the moment. My podcast isn't in a position to where I need a new cover every episode or else, oh no, it's not going to look good. No one's going to listen to me. No one's going to listen to me. What am I going to do? Because I don't have a cool cover. No, it's, it's not. It's not at that point. When it comes to the YouTube, uh, YouTube thumbnails, I've been killing shit on there by myself. When it comes to the little bit of Photoshop editing, co- colors, uh, categorizing it, whatever. YouTube thumbnails, I'm able to make them look pretty. So it ain't like I have this desperate need for it. And I don't know how long this is going to take, which is unfortunate for these copyright, copyright laws to come in play. But those are, that's my stance on AI generated art, AI generated illustration, why I haven't been dabbling into it, why I feel that these are the things they need to sort of overcome. And for my own research as well to find out, all right, which AI illustration out there isn't stealing my information? Like, do I got to pay bread to make sure y'all don't steal my information? And even then, where is this AI taking their art stuff, their influence? Now to go on to AI vocal editing, I find it genius. Genius. Now we've seen, <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen the memes. I've been seeing the memes nonstop of like AI voice editing, um, edits of tr- 
Trump, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Joe Rogan, Drake. And for some, for whatever reason, most of them have been, all of them playing Minecraft, which <laughs> I find hilarious. It's like out of all the things we could do as a human species, out of all the things we could do, we say, you know what? We're going to get all these, we're going to get these voices. We're going to get this AI system and we're going to have the presidents, comedians and artists just play Minecraft together. It's solving world peace one game at a time. Yo, I find it mind-boggling that, honestly, this isn't something we're expecting 2040. It's here. And it's, it's a pretty good job. It does a pretty good job. Uh, love seeing the potential. Well, you could also do it right now that you could have, whether it's like creating your own content. Instead of like doing a voice impersonation, you could like just make that voice on the AI system. And for me, it is hypocritical. Listen, I, I'm open with being hypocritical at times. The copyright system, I'm a little bit on the fence about when it comes to the voices. I'm pretty sure people like Morgan Freeman aren't going to want their voice saying some wild ass shit on a major platform because they're able to. But some copyright protection also needs to be done, I believe, with the voices. However, I am enjoying a lot of the memes we're getting. I, I find these memes hilarious. Now, when it comes to, for example, Adobe with their podcast editing AI. Genius. I, I don't need it. I don't need it. But for anybody that's starting and, you know, you, you have what you need to do. You know, you have equipment that helps you do what you need to do. You don't got the fanciest microphone headset. You don't got the fanciest ways of editing your voice. But having this AI system that just, boop, just makes you sound... Just at times a lot better or just way better. Just having that at a click of a button is great for content creators that are starting out, need to save time, or, you know, they just, they just believe the AI system does a well enough job to where it's like, this is excellent qualities. I've seen a lot of great cases. I've seen uh, content creators on Instagram showing it off. I'm able to notice a bit of a robotic, a ro robotic flair when it comes to the voices. I feel that whenever these, AI, at least for the Adobe AI podcast editor, it loses a lot of warmth whenever it does go over the voice. But I feel the benefits, which is less background noise, clearer voice, a little bit of EQ, all of that just outweighs what I'm nitpicking at. And you know, this is coming from somewhere I'm at a point where after you know a year and a month, I'm in this position to where I'm able to edit my voice. I'm able to do my things. I'm able to edit this podcast to where I can sound it exactly how I want it. And I love it. I'm not going to be using the AI podcast system because not only that, my presets get me pretty far. By pretty far, they save me time. I spent like the past year and a half like, all right, preset, creating preset, creating preset to find, you know, be able whenever I record these episodes, I don't got to sit here and just second by second, you know, edit background noises. Oh, let me make sure my pitch is good here. No, after a year, after, yeah, about a year, no, a year and three months. After a year and three months of recording and creating preset after preset after preset, I'm at a point where I got one where it's just like, listen, this AI podcast, it ain't going to do what I could do. Point blank, point blank, easily. And a little unfortunate. I, I'm going to have to invest in, what's it called? One of those chargers for the cameras. Because I'm tired of these batteries just going out quick. Quick. I'm not even recording at 4K at the moment. And it's still just sort of like dwindling pretty quick. We haven't even been able to talk about the music at the moment. So this is, this is a little bit heartbreaking. A little bit heartbreaking. But 
Oh, am I clipping right now? I think I am clipping. Here, let me, if I lower the output, there we go. Sorry for, well, I'll fix it in post. I don't even know why I'm going to be apologizing at the moment. But AI protection for all of that. Dope. Chat GPT at the moment. Chat GPT at the moment. Mind boggling, my boy, my brother, he showed me um, a script that he did with chat GPT. Of course, he put in like his own information that would a chat GPT could know. But it, sound, it, it sounded like a human whenever it came to the topics. It sounded like a genuine human being. And I was, I was honestly blown away. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, what? This is the, uh, an AI system built this. And I'm, right now I'm sounding like flustered. I'm sounding sort of like in awe at the moment because I really haven't been able to discuss this with you guys. But this is, this is going to be key for a lot of content creators as well. You know, this episode is just going to be focused on content creation and updates. We're going to save, we're going to save the music talk for 271. Now that's how I'm feeling right now. We'll save the music talk for 271. But chat GPT, that is a serious game changer that I need to hop on. I need to hop on chat GPT. That way I could just sort of filter the way, not even filter, because whenever I do create content, I don't come on here and just like, you know, there's certain, there's certain topics I'm able to freestyle, but I do have a system to where, all right, what's going to be my topic? Where are going to be the details? Where am I getting this information from? If I need to source anything, put it into sources, what's going to be sort of like my rough outline just to keep me in track to avoid tangents or awkward moments. But being able to have chat GPT sort of like reinforce that, be able to go through everything too. Delightful, 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 delightful. Now with all of this, how are you guys feeling about the future? A bit, a bit weird. Like, what do you mean how we're feeling about the future? But not so much content creator, but the fact that AI is going to continue to evolve at a faster pace to where right now it's like, eh, it's not, it's not, we're not in threat. Human civilization is not going to be threatened by it. But a lot of the things that a human is able to do or that has jobs are slowly going to be stripped away. Like when it comes to audio engineers, I'm not going to say audio engineers are going to be gone forever because at the end of the day, a high level audio engineer, it's going to be able to do things that at this moment, AI isn't able to do, especially when it comes to music because music, it needs that human warmth. It needs that soul. But for, I would say maybe average or below average audio engineers, whenever you have an AI that's able to do a whole entire podcast episode by itself. Edit all the levels, all the vocals. Where's that job going to go? I didn't think I reached this point in my life where I'm caring about jobs either. I'm like, wow, I'm starting to think about jobs for humanity. And when it comes to AI art, all the things we're going to have to face with, well, artists, artists are going to have to face the fact that some of them, you know, a lot of a lot of artists don't get respected for their art, especially their price point. Some people feel like, hey, I could just pay $20 to get whatever I want. That isn't the case. That isn't the case. But now it's at a point where now, now we're going to get an AI robot that could just take, that could just take what you do. Take what you do, take what you created and get inspired by it. That's also pretty, eh, not good. It don't feel good. It don't feel good, coach. Take me out of here. And Spotify just most recently released an AI powered personal DJ, which is interesting. 
I don't know all the full details on this. So if you guys want to know these details with me, you know what? We could get like, we could get onto it right now. So Spotify has launched an artificial intelligence powered DJ featuring a realistic humic sounding voice. Cause why not? You know, I, I real quick side tangent. I would prefer some goofy voices too. Like it don't got to be straight human. I, I would enjoy a cartoonish voice or something, something outlandish. Anyhow. The feature is currently in beta and Spotify promises it will deliver a curated lineup of music alongside commentary around the tracks and artists. Spotify says the voice is stunningly realistic. The AI DJ will sort through the latest music and look back at some of your old faves. It reviews what you might enjoy and then delivers a stream of songs tailored to your taste. If the AI DJ gets it wrong, there's a button to tap to tell it to switch it up. The more you listen and like, then don't like the music, the better the DJ's recommendations become. Spotify is using OpenAI's... generative AI tech to find insightful facts about the music, artists, or genres you're listening to. Spotify being one of the best, has one of the best AI system when it comes to music, so I'm loving this. Quote, we have experts in genres who know music and culture inside and out, and no one knows the music scene better than they do. With this generative AI tooling, our editors are able to scale their innate knowledge in ways never before possible, Spotify says in the press release. So what's powering Spotify's AI-powered DJ? The dynamic AI voice is created using the sonotonic acquisition Spotify made in June 2022 to create the voice model for the DJ. We partnered with our own head of cultural partnerships, Xavier Jarnigan. What the hell? Jarnigan? First time I seen that last night. Spotify says of the voice, X served as one of the hosts of Spotify's first personalized morning show. The get up, his personality and voice resonated with our listeners and resulted in a loyal following. Blah, 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 blah. He's a DJ voice. Now, as far as how to activate the new Spotify AI DJ, open your music feed on home in the Spotify app, tap play on the DJ card. Spotify will begin selecting songs and layering DJ commentary based on your past listening preferences. Don't like what the DJ picked? Tap the DJ button on the bottom right of the screen for a new genre, artist, or mood generative list. So I got to check this out on my Spotify. I know it's in beta, so I don't know if it's available for everybody. Even with all this information, I don't know if it's available for everybody, but I, I could do I could do with a DJ at times taking care of my music. I'm going to check how this guy's voice sounds. Because if it's an annoying DJ, I'm, we're not going to have a great time. With that, Vivid Nectar podcast episode 270 today was geared towards content creation as far as Meta's verification subscription service and some of these AI tools, the positive and the negatives. Then we're ending off with this Spotify conversation. With that, the next episode 271 will be either more music focused or we're going to have a slice of life episode. Catch you guys on the next one.